0: Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique?
1: Nothing stops these people. stop. stop. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerged triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how.
2: Hello there, and welcome to this special edition of Mission Unstoppable. It is the International Women's Day uh, show and I'm so happy to be here with everybody. You know, International Women's Day 2017 is asking women around the world to be bold for change. They're calling on the masses and they're calling on you to help forge a better working world, a more gender-inclusive world. And last year, organizations and individuals around the world supported the Pledge for Parity campaign. And they committed to helping women and girls achieve their ambitions. Uh, challenge their conscious and unconscious biases, and call for gender-balanced leadership. Well, today, the World Economic Forum is predicting that the gender gap will not close entirely until 2186. That is so far away. Oh, my goodness. This is way too long to wait. And so around the world, the International Women's Day uh, is an important catalyst and vehicle for driving greater change for women and moving closer to gender parity. So let me introduce you to our illustrious... Illustrious guest today. Um, I chose these women because they're truly international, but more importantly to me, they represent courage and boldness and leadership, bravery, and heart. With us today, um, actually, with she's not with us right now. Diane Lang was supposed to be with us today. She's a human rights activist from South Africa. She is always fighting for injustice and the underdog. She's the author of Saving Mandela's Children and Shattered. She's won no less than six humanitarian awards. And today, she is battling a very rare, rare form of cancer. Uh, she continues to fight to free South Africans uh, who have been incarcerated unfairly. And this evening, it's a little after 10 o'clock in Uh, Elizabethtown where she lives and she's just taking some medication she's not feeling that great and so she's going to be listening in and, and cheering us all on so hi Diane Afrat Sofer is with us she's an Israeli born lawyer Middle East and foreign policy analyst she lives in London now she specializes in Israel and Iran uh Policies. She speaks five languages. She's a mother for two small children. She recently submitted her PhD papers after a benign brain tumor held her up for a little bit. And yes, we just know we will be calling her Dr. Sofer very soon. Sandra Beck is here. She runs an empire, Beck Multimedia. She's a president, she's an author, coach, speaker, radio host, entrepreneur, and philanthropist, also a mother of two boys, and a caregiver to an aging father. And Cece Nguyen, she's with us. She's the author of Shock Peace, the first book written in English about the communist invading Saigon and one of the famed Vietnamese boat people. Cece was 13 years old when North Vietnam invaded her country in the South, and uh, they brutally murdered her countrymen, stole millions from bank accounts, and enslaved many of the men into re-education camps. And today, Cece is the mother of four boys. She works as a pharmacist and lives in Canberra, Australia. So welcome everybody to this very special edition of International Women's Day, Be Bold for Change. I'm so thrilled that you guys are all with me today.
3: I am. I'm so intimidated by everybody. So it's just amazing, Frankie, that you could bring these wonderful women together from around the world. (laughs) <laughs> I am just really thrilled that they all said yes.
2: So I'm gonna I'm gonna start with CC. We haven't I haven't spoken to CC f- since last November. She came to talk about her book Shock Piece. Um, it was quite quite an education reading that book. How are you today, CC?
4: I'm great. Thank you, Frankie, and thank you, ladies. Uh, also for letting me joining you guys for this kind of. Wonderful opportunity to talk and to be on the International Women's Day. You know, you you are a
2: pharmacist. You work in you know um, a profession that that I, I, I guess there's it might be equal is it equal in Australia as far as men and women being taking
4: that role? Uh, I I guess so, but I think um, being a female pharmacist, we're not that business minded like. The men. Um, we are sort of more of the domestic um, um, in in the kind of running the pharmacy. So, not not many um, women sponsored only pharmacy. So, more okay. or less uh, equal, but not as equal. Right. And so the pay wouldn't be equal? Oh, the pay, actually, no, no, the pay is equal. But I think the role. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay, I get it. So you know, also along with today's "Be Bold for Change," it's also um, looking at if women didn't go to work today, if women weren't represented today, Afrat, what would that look like in your household?
4: If 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 women not going to work unlike today, oh well, like I think traditionally my in my my country, uh, many women wouldn't be able to go to work, they were actually um, they to, to stay at home, um, having a domestic role, raising children, and still, many, many were still like that in, in Vietnam, back in the you know, far away country.
2: Um, right. But today we, today yeah. is a special day because they're asking women, they're telling women, they want the world to know what it's like if women weren't present. So
4: let's go, Mm
3: -hmm. let's go to London. I'm just going to jump in here and say, nothing would get done. If women weren't present, (laughs) nothing would get done. This is true.
4: (laughs) That's true. I
3: think, I think women
4: more than, I think we, we are a silent, decisive maker. We, we tend to have that kind of uh, decisive um, uh, movement rather than men um, in some way, but but I think men they like to be in
2: control. Like Cece, <laughs> if it wasn't Cece in your in your case, if it wasn't for your mother, your family would not have survived. It wouldn't have left Vietnam. She arranged for, for the trip on the for the boat. She arranged for the trip to take the family. Her father, you know, just couldn't even do it anymore. And so your mom with that woman. She was you know spearheaded the whole escape for, for your family and freedom. So that's pretty uh, yeah. cool.
4: Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. My mom she's the bravest person that I had ever known because she, she um, after the war ended, she she came out of her closet and and she she worked and she earned money and then she she arranged for the escape uh, by 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 all, all that um, arrangement through the under the communist eyes. And it's just wonderful that she led us to freedom, to search for the freedom, and we're here. Without her, we wouldn't be here, because we would be staying in Vietnam and suffered like the rest of the people over that yes, time. Yeah,
2: for sure. It's I'm going to go over to Ifrat now in London. Ifrat, you know, you're the mom for two boys. You're very, very busy. I mean, you've got so much on your plate. Yes. If it wasn't for you, what would happen in your world, at work and at
5: home? well at home, I feel like I am um, for once the minority um, growing up growing up i um, I grew up around many um, powerful caring influential women for example my my mother who's been my biggest kind of inspiration and um, example of how a woman can kind of can achieve in a man's world and the prime, um, the prime importance of education, um, which is what my mother instilled in me. And I feel that kind of the power of education has taught, has taught me that um, regardless of gender, when you show your achievement kind of in with education, Mm -hmm. it equips you to do anything. So, for example, in the foreign policy world is still largely dominated by men. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, I think that by by having an education, by striving towards kind of bending over backwards to achieve my Ph.D., I, I hope I yes. think make sure that my my voice is heard, especially when you want to do it in a, a feminine way, when you don't want to act like a man and to be aggressive and to when you just want to be yourself. I think mm-hmm. having that education as a woman helps a lot. And well, I think you've got two things
2: going for you and against you. One is that you're very, you're very attractive as a woman. And, and so men will look at that and, and either, you know, respect you for that because pretty people get ahead or they'll just, she's just pretty, but, you know, what does she know?
5: right? Yeah.
2: Because they tend to yeah. do that to us, right? They pat you on the head and go, you're cute. Okay, Absolutely. move over.
5: Absolutely. And they, they typecast you and um, think you, that you're just kind of there to look pretty. And whatever you say doesn't make kind of much of a difference. Whereas and I think meeting meeting women um, who are kind of uh, who are who are an inspiration, uh, kind of like Sandra Beck, I may say, Sandra. Yes. Um, yes. Who, you know, Sandra is a beautiful, tall blonde who yep. is very articulate and very smart and, and kind of uses her femininity in such a beautiful way um, and I think kind of the more people, the more women are um, confident to act in this way, the better it is for, for all women
2: agreed Sandra
3: what do you want to say to that well, I' was just gonna say that sounds so much better than you know they call me iPad Barbie because you know <laughs> being like you know a tall blonde with big boobs and big hair and a big smile in technology hasn't um, it's open doors for me but it hasn't always I've had to really work hard I've had to work harder than my male cohorts to get the same respect it's taken me longer um, but the one thing that I love about all the women on the show today is that that we are all feminine. We're pretty women. We're dressed up, you know, um, and we look good and we look female. We're not trying to be male in a male world. Right. Yes, exactly. That's-
2: I agree with that. Yes, that,
4: that. I agree with to that too. Thank you, Sandra. We don't want to be, we don't want it to masculine, but we like to, well, like contribute to the, you know, the everything to the world, just like men. We are, we are intelligent as they are. Of course. That's
2: correct. Exactly. We're going to go to a break, and uh, we have a little commercial coming up. But when we come back, let's talk about the biases that we felt as women, and and what. We have done or seen done to address inequality in, in the workplace and just for our gender, I guess, in, in general. Yeah. And how and how we show bias to other women, too, because we're not always very kind to other ladies. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We will be right back with Cece and Sandra Back, Efrat Sofer, and I'm Frankie Picasso.
1: That's right, don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. It's you never heard.
6: Did you know that besides home and work, Americans spend more time at the mall than anywhere else? There are 50,000 shopping malls in the United States alone. The Mall of America located between Minneapolis and St. Paul, is the largest in the world, with more than 500 stores. What's a word for a person who is a compulsive shopper? An oniomaniac. Studies have shown that women will buy more if they hear their heels clicking on the floor. So designers often use hard flooring in hallways. Of course, the stores want customers to spend all their coopity-coop. That's another word for money. Well, I gotta run. There's only one more shopping day until tomorrow. My husband said if I don't quit shopping so much, he would leave me. Lord, I'm gonna miss that man. It's Words I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your Words You Never Heard vocabulary with my free
7: app,
1: Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
7: A study done by the University of North Carolina found that Americans are not only eating more, we are eating more often. From 1977 to 2006, the number of daily meals and snacks increased from 5 to 7. The study also cited that we are consuming 570 more calories per day than we were in the late 1970s. The meal portions have stabilized in recent years, but the total number of calories consumed is rising. Eating 5 to 7 small healthy meals throughout the day, instead of eating just 3 large meals, keeps your metabolism revved up and keeps your hunger away but the operative word here is small. Choose fresh fruit, vegetables, and low-calorie nutritious food for your meals, along with daily exercise. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at annettehammond.com.
2: And we're back. It's Mission Unstoppable, special edition for International Women's Day. And before we went to our break, we were talking, um, I said we would come back and we would talk about any biases and inequalities that you have felt, each of you, and maybe what you have hopefully, you know, not given to other women. I'm sure nobody in this esteemed panel would have done that. But I remember, I'm probably the oldest of you all, and I remember um, going for a job And I I really wanted to sell cars. I don't know why. I just really wanted to sell cars. And I was told I couldn't do it because I was a woman. And that just went against everything. I mean, this was, gosh, 40 years ago maybe. But it just goes against everything that, you know, I stood for. And and I'm going to give kudos out to my dad right now because love you, dad. He was, you know, the guy who said, you can do anything you want. You can be anything you want regardless of you being a woman. So that set me up. You know, that set me up, and I said, Yeah, I can do anything. Doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, and, and I ended up managing a world kickboxing champion in the end, but I couldn't sell cars. So, <laughs>
3: because I was a girl.
2: Yeah. And really, what it was, the, the manager told me that um, he was afraid that I would sell more cars because I was a girl and it wouldn't be fair to the guys.
3: Anybody want to try wow, to what a bad businessman. I'd put you right out front in a bikini if I <laughs> yeah. were trying to sell cars. Well, I think oh. I've
2: had that before when I went to sell insurance. And I think what it is is, is that when people are on commission, um, and I said, you know, then put me on a salary. You know, I don't have to be on commission. They don't have to know anything. The guys don't need to know anything. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. I would have I done really well, and I think I would have, you know, had a good time doing it and sold a lot of stuff. So it was unfortunate. Things have, you know, gotten better today, I think, a little bit.
3: No, I'm, I'm going to buzz in and say it depends on the industry you're in, and it depends on the environment you're in and the part of the world you're in. Because in technology, I went for a long time as SJ. I used my initials, SJ. And so people didn't know whether SJ was a boy or a girl. And so everything was done. This was prior to, um, you know, all this video conferencing. And I cannot tell you how many people, you know, did like a spit take when i would come on the screen you know looking like i do and they'd be like you're sj you're sj i'm like no i had a head transplant like yes i'm sj (laughs) the same person that you worked with yesterday and felt good about now all of a sudden because i'm a woman because i'm american uh, it's very different so i would say it's not as emancipated as one would think
2: What's it like in Australia, CeCe? What's it like there for women? Do you you feel like there's a a gender equality there? Or have you ever, you know, been prejudiced Uh, or biased against for being female?
7: Oh,
4: you know, because I am in health and there's many pharmacists as well as doctors, um, specialists in health. Um, so, I don't think I, ha- I encountered the same problem with, like, you know, in, in technology, in computing science. Uh, I think it's it's because of the stereotype. People are stereotyped um, women as being feminine, as being submissive, um, as being less intelligent, or something like that. So, when, yes. when they come to a higher sort of intelligence required, Feel like technology computing they're surprised that we can be as smart as they are more or less of what they're thinking of of who we should be rather than who we are i think that's the problem so if we we continue to show to people that we can be both feminine intelligent decision um, maker and mm-hmm. and we're all in one.
2: <laughs> that, there that, you go. That's right
4: yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs>
2: a what about you?
5: Have you I, encountered it? I agree with Cece um completely about kind of um, being able to kind of to be that package. Um as a lawyer, for example, I found that um even in a quite, I'd have to say it's become quite egalitarian in the UK, the law industry. But some of the women lawyers that I encountered were a lot more discouraging and a lot less helpful, um, kind of to a young lawyer woman starting out, um, rather than the men, for example, rather than the more old fashioned men who were actually very, um, welcoming and gave decent work. So that shattered my stereotype in a particular way where the women were actually more difficult than the men. And whereas I, I grew, I was uh, led to believe that women, women raise each other up. Um, it's a woman's it's a woman's role i think to to mentor younger women and to help them along the path that kind of the older woman has has kind of you instilled. would think
2: you would think because women yeah. are supposed to be the nurturing one but they're not so why aren't women helpful to other women what is it why are we so jealous of other women why can't we help other people
3: it's competition You know, I think it goes back to the very nature of the competition for a man. And, you know, go ahead and throw rocks at me if you want. But, um, you know, I think women originally, if they got a good husband, they got a good life. You know, you married mm-hmm. into the life you wanted. So the competition to be better or prettier or thinner or bigger boobs or whatever it is, you know, caused a culture of women to compete for men's attention. And I think that that kind of transfers over into the workplace through competition for jobs, because I have found and, you know, I would love to ask the other girls, I have found that once I go into a organization and they get over you know kind of how I look and that I don't fit the typical nerdy computer woman Mm -hmm. once they get over that the the guy's Pretty much fall in line, and most of the girls fall in line. But then there's, you know, there's a couple like nerdy men and women who just will never give me the time of day. They'll just say, "You got that job because of your pretty face," or "You got that job because you know the president thinks you're cute," or whatever. There's all have they that... spoken to you yet?
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> you're, I, well, I know, you're that's scary. Like... You're scary. Yeah, I smart. do get scary, but I wasn't scary when I was little. I've gotten scarier as I've gotten older. Uh, okay. I used to okay. just smile my... and try not to. Make anybody mad?
4: Can I
5: say yes? Can I
3: say something? Can I say something,
4: Frankie? Yeah. But I do believe, I do believe that uh, our look does a little bit. You know, of of it has a little bit of factor, helpful factor in there, because. Right. Uh, you, you know, I, I think people appreciating beauty or uh, like looking at a flower, you, you can just say, oh, it's a beautiful flower, it's a beautiful plant. We tend to, to look at things a little bit biased there. So, so I, I reckon our look does help. Um, but, of course, beyond that, you got to prove your ability to do your job, not just your look. That's true. Uh, but I do believe, I do believe the the appearance, the look. You know, like when you are looking at a shabby clothes person, you would just have a little bit of of prejudice there, saying, "Oh, gee, no, she could, or he could look better, having a decent shirt on, or something." Yes. I think the look there's there, is, there, there is something to to the there, first there is line to that. Yes,
2: yeah. yeah. I think it opens the
4: door. That, you got to prove it. You can prove yourself to be better than that. But but in in
2: okay, let's look at let's look at your culture for a moment because we're looking at women helping women. In the Vietnamese culture, do typically will a woman help another woman succeed, or are they as competitive as the American women?
4: Oh (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I think well, should like all women in the world, I don't think we are different. Um the, the the more the more well if you're beautiful, if you're smart, then, then you just become uh separated from the rest of course. Especially yes. if you if you're marrying to somebody that rich or powerful or or, or, or uh, handsome, then other women would just you know say, Oh, she has to have something or did something to him or or poison, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they, they they can't they can't believe that that you have the ability to 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 um, achieve what you can right. achieve, right? And that's jealousy, exactly
5: like what um, Sandra just said. No Afra-
2: How how long did you live in Israel for?
5: I lived in Israel till I was eight, but I. Okay. Grew- Forth for work all the
2: time Okay, so you know you know how Israeli women are in Israeli culture you know the the women are, are just as hard ass as the guys and, and they,
5: oh, definitely
2: you know, they love to argue <laughs> they love to argue but you know I mean you're expected to join the army just like a guy at 17 you're going to go yeah. and and so there's no difference there, male or female I mean no sure the women are very beautiful, but so yeah. there's a difference like that but
5: I look prettier. They look pretty, right? But they look
2: prettier in a uniform with a gun. That's about it. They're still going to have that gun.
5: Yeah, exactly. But they can be fighter pilots. They can be in combat units. They can be kind of, they can do almost everything that men can do. Right. Uh, And, um, but what has been interesting is to, for example, kind of in the international relations world, where, I mean, I'm seen as an absolute, equal Mm -hmm. um when I go kind of in a work setting which is great I'm slightly one could be more polished than the other women there some of the women bless them look more how could I put it embrace the masculine look (laughs) yeah Um, not many women kind of embrace em- embraced kind of their femininity in that way. Right. Um, and I think it could also be quite disarming. So when you're, tr- for example, speaking to, you know, a traditionally Middle Eastern man, for example, um, they don't quite know what to do with you. Um, so when you present your credentials, kind of the university you're at, um, yes. you know, that you're doing a PhD, they can't. Um, they can't typecast you as, uh, you know, like a dumb bimbo. Um, so it's it's a nice kind of disarming weapon to have, mm-hmm. which, which is good. And you can see the looks. So the Western men have no problem with me and kind of even, you know, find it like a, a fun way to become friends almost. But I have found that some of not all, of course, but some of the, middle eastern men don't quite know which box to put to put me in
2: which is very interesting that is very interesting (laughs) okay (laughs) sandra back anything to add to that before we go to our break well
3: i just was gonna say that you know efrat is adorable and i can see why you know she's very approachable especially mm-hmm. in her industry so i can see how she would do well but i've had the same thing with middle eastern and asian men they don't know where to look sometimes they're shorter than me and they just look at my boobs
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're going to a break on that we'll be right <laughs> back and hopefully she's uplifted <laughs> Sit down.
1: that's right don't stop listening Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages.
0: Stop. It's words never
4: heard.
6: Man cannot live by bread alone. He must have his peanut butter. Peanut butter is a pate of childhood, and it's not just for kids. His dogs love it too. Last night, I gave my dog a pill hidden in peanut butter. What's a word for a messy concoction that helps the medicine go down? Sliver sauce. Mice apparently prefer peanut butter to cheese when it comes to luring them into the trap. But there are even more practical uses for peanut butter. Peanut butter contains natural oils, which makes it perfect for removing all kinds of sticky things, like gum stuck in your shoe or in your hair. What's a word for the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth? phobia, And according to Barry Goldwater, if you don't mind smelling like peanut butter for two or three days, peanut butter is a darn good shaving cream.
4: It's Marching, never
6: heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for
1: Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
7: Weightlifting builds bone and strengthens muscles. Using proper form is extremely important. To get the best results, but also to prevent injury. A common injury when lifting weights improperly is shoulder impingement. This condition is closely related to rotator cuff tendinitis and shoulder bursitis. The rotator cuff muscles encase the shoulder joint and when injured, they swell. Typical symptoms of impingement syndrome include difficulty reaching up behind the back, pain with overhead use of the arm, and weakness of shoulder muscles. If you are experiencing any of these symptoms, get checked out by a doctor. Most importantly, take time to lift weights properly. Get good instruction and make sure you're not lifting weight that is too heavy. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond, keeping you healthy, happy, and fit.
2: Okay, it's your host, Frankie Picasso, and it's a special edition of Mission Unstoppable Radio. We're going around the world for International Women's Day. Cece Nguyen is with us from Australia. Ephrat Sofer is with us from London. Sandra Beck is with us from the USA, and I'm here from Canada representing that contingent. The, the United Nations Global Goals um, set last year, 2016, as the year of the woman, and they are hoping by 2030 that we will have gender, you, you know... Um, parody and and but i wanted to ask you guys about uh violence against women have any of you ever experienced a form of physical or mental violence against you or sexual any or any type
3: i have i took my ex-husband to court because he punched me in the head in front of my kids and my dad and that was actually after we were divorced and wow um you know i think I think domestic violence uh, is is something that I never recognized until. It happened to me, and people told me before, "Hey, you know what? The the name calling, the insulting, the the financial mm-hmm. abuse, you know, um, things like that, um, are all forms of abuse." But you know, I was so conditioned to think that somebody had to punch you or somebody had to really hurt you mm-hmm. before it could be identified as domestic violence, and. It was only when it happened to me, and you know, nobody was more surprised than me. I, I couldn't believe what had happened, um, and I could see now, going back eight years and looking back at things, going, "Okay, now I can see. I see all the signs." But I really didn't think any of that applied to me because I was educated, because I was tall, because I was affluent. You know, all these things that don't fit what people think is the typical domestic violence, um, you know, profile until it happened to me and it was a good year after the incident and there were incidents that led up to it that it was really hard for me to accept that I was part of this group and that that was hard for me because i always looked at women who were subject to domestic violence as powerless and i thought oh well you know they're powerless because of economics because of education because of lifestyle because of this because of that and it was really eye-opening to me to go wow i guess you know it it really doesn't discriminate by by age or sex or color or uh economic status and that was a big eye-opener for me
2: yeah i had the same experience and and when you're an Woman, it's something it's very hard to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it because it's like so embarrassing. How could that possibly have happened to me, of right. all people? Right? Of all people, but it's so important to talk about it because everybody, when it happens, they stay isolated. And so, women need to talk about it so that other women know what it is. Like you said, you weren't even sure what it was, you didn't even know because you thought it had to be
3: worse than it was. Yeah, I thought he needed to knock my head off. or have Yeah, exactly. And, you know, be like, like, like what we see on, on the television or the internet, and it's really not. No. Cece, did you have something to say to that? Well, um, can you are welcome to
4: ask Sandra uh, a question? What, you were surprised because you couldn't think that could have happened to you, and then you were surprised because of their strength, you're powerless because of their strength, that you cannot fight back, or or you were just afraid uh of of uh you know the the, the fighting that could make you um uh, being um you know get you down to yeah mm-hmm. they it the, the their, their strength the power or you're surprised because um he he just hit you he had that you know he had he had that that um I don't know, you, you, like to take somebody like that, like you, who had that that's yeah. intelligent, that look, is that the surprise or is it the strength that surely makes you feel powerless?
3: no it was uh, it, there was a whole bunch of things that that made me feel kind of stupid and powerless what number one was how could i let the relationship go this far with kids you know and not stop it sooner then there was the whole thing of how could i have not seen it coming you know it 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 boiled over 10 years it wasn't like you know it the domestic violence started right away so it was it was long and slow coming how i'm so smart and educated how could i have not seen it coming though that was like well, kind of you were the you were the frog simmering in the pot. Yes, right. Um, Yeah. And then I was surprised someone would hit me. You know, nobody's hit me since like the sixth grade. Maybe my brothers. Yeah. Well, boys are supposed to hit girls. Yeah, so there was it was surprise all around, and then I was really surprised because I was really surprised that my ex husband would actually do that. And I know there were conditions that led up to it that I'm not going to get into on yeah. here, but um, the whole thing was just a big old shock to me, and um, it was a great wake up call to realize that it it doesn't discriminate and it can happen to anyone. And then. And then it's just,
4: I think it's more or less of the of the mentality rather than the physical strain
5: that that you feel hurt by it. Yes, I think so. Afrat, you had a yes, question for Sandra. I had a question for Sandra. Yes, Sandra. Was it, or, I mean, it, it was kind of beyond awful in its own right, but was it, do you feel that it was your, was it your maternal instinct that it happened in front of your boys that made, well it must have made it but did did it make you want to do something about it even more i mean it must have been beyond horrific that it, it happened in that way
3: uh, my younger one saw it zachary uh,
5: my older one
3: had run to the car because he was afraid and um, i think it was more a silent sad recognition that I had to do something to stop this which is why you know the police got involved the restraining order all those things got involved um if my kids hadn't been there and my dad there's a good chance I would have done nothing I would have just chalked it up to a bad day if I really am honest with myself
5: wow wow and were the police responsive
3: yeah, yeah, they were they were responsive, and uh, you know they interviewed the kids. They they did everything you know they were supposed to, and um, of course I thought the judge ruled fairly, and uh, you know it, it wasn't something. I know there are women out there that do these things to be punitive. I did it because I needed to stop an escalating situation, and I really didn't know what else to do at that point. Which is funny because I'm combat trained. You know I worked with the military. I've, I've worked in in you know the gun community for many years, so it's not like I couldn't defend myself, but I needed to put a stop to something that was was like a cancer growing in our family, and I needed it to stop. And I I didn't know how to raise my boys to be good men if. If they saw that, they experienced that, like, what does that teach them? So, yeah, it was, it was a very hard decision for me to make to bring it public because I didn't want our families, everything out there. And mm-hmm. then I realized, you know what, putting our family out there has helped a lot of other women in my sphere of influence. So I'm convinced I did the right thing. But Absolutely. had my kids not been there and my dad, I probably wouldn't have done anything. You know, one of the things that happened
2: to me when he when he hit me Ways I? I didn't hit back, and I think I didn't hit back because I, honest to God, I thought if I do, I'm going to kill him. Like I will just let loose, and it would just be the end of the end all, end all. You know, I, there was so much rage there, so I, I always held back from from it because I was worried about that. But you know, who knows? Maybe in, that's, that's wonderful, frankly.
4: <laughs> wonderful for you to be able to help to hold back. Because they take a lot of strain to be able to to just step back and and be you know walk away. That that's terrific to have that strength, the determination. Well, I didn't want
2: my kids involved. I did not want, especially, didn't want my older son who could have got between us uh, involved because they had you know he he wanted to do things that are, are you know if he had hit him and got got a record or got arrested, he wouldn't have been able to do the things that he wanted to do in his life. And so, you know, it was important that um, things not escalate and that we could just get away, and that would be the end of it.
4: Right. Yeah. yeah. I know in my, in my culture that a lot, yeah, women was, were hit, was not domestic violence. It's, it's very common. common. Oh, very really? Common. Yeah. Back then, and I think still now, yeah, people, uh, women, especially, even in Australia, some women came and they... Uh, but they didn't ever, They never go to the authority. They just they just being silent. They they don't want to tell that. They came to tell me yes, but not not the authority. What right. a shame! Did you ever see? Did your father ever hit your mom? I, I think so. He did. Yeah, It's yeah. very common. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I've never that's seen funny. my dad hit yeah. hit anybody
4: mm. ever. Oh,
2: that's wonderful. Yeah. No. You know. And and. I guess I always think that, you know, every, every man it's, has to live up to has to live up to that icon. You know. What about you, Sandra? I think it's
4: yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, No, my, my dad never, my dad didn't raise his voice. My dad, my dad was the disapproving look kind of. Person. Right. Right. Um, but he didn't No, He never raised his hand to my mom ever. A frat in Same your family?
2: Same there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think so. Um, it's interesting.
3: You, you were talking before,
2: Fred, about about the older establishment, you know, in in London that you're working with. Um, but I was wondering, there are some clubs that women weren't allowed to go into gentlemen's clubs and not sexy yeah. ones. But just just, you know, I know in Toronto that there were there were clubs that my dad couldn't go into because of our religion. So yeah. are there clubs in, in England that you can't go into because you're a woman?
5: That's a good question. I think there there are probably a few that kind of on the record, they kind of don't kind of exclude anybody, but they're known as you know where men go to smoke and chat, basically. Right, right, and do and business. And have meals <laughs> and do business. And do business. <laughs> you know, many things that women couldn't possibly do. Um, yeah, it could do much better. Um, right. But I mean, it got me thinking about. Frankie, uh, about the establishment and having women as part of the establishment. I have just been um, kind of as a part of my thesis. I studied Israel's fourth prime minister, Meir, who was um, kind of who was a very, very influential woman. And but she was known as a very strong fighter. And, you know, she was she was the head of a, a strong army. But when you look at her, her writing, it's very feminine and on a policy I'm level. I'm sorry, did
2: you say gold in my ear because you cut out there? Yeah. Is that who you're talking about?
5: Gold in my ear. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah,
2: yeah, she's lovely. Yeah. She
5: was just, what an inspiration. Yeah, yeah. When it came to violence against women, kind of the quote that's go- going around today in International Women's Day is that um, in Israel, kind of in the late 60s, when there was um A wave of kind of a series of rapes. Um, The cabinet wanted to establish a curfew for women, and Goldman refused to do that and said it is the men who are attacking the women. If there is a curfew, let the men stay at home.
2: Awesome. We're going to break. We got I got to cut you off here, but perfect.
1: Mission Unstoppable (laughs) with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages.
5: Stop. Stop.
6: Did you ever notice you buy more groceries when you use a large shopping cart? The shopping cart, or trolley as it was originally called, was invented in 1937 by Sylvan Goldman, owner of two Oklahoma City grocery stores. Back then, shoppers carried their food in wicker baskets. One day, Goldman was observing his customers and realized that as soon as their baskets were full or too heavy on their arm, people stopped shopping. Goldman thought if we could somehow give customers two baskets, we could do considerably more business. What's another word for a resourceful person? A debrisar. Goldman put wheels on some folding chairs, attached two baskets to the seat, and let the back of the chair act as a handle so the cart could be pushed with one hand. What do you call anything that can be manipulated with one hand? A thumbadoodle. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
1: Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is TokiNet Radio.
0: Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. <laughs>
2: If you've been listening, you know how fantastic these women really are. This is a great show, and I'm so thrilled that I am here with Sandra Becca, Frat Sofer, Cece Nagun, and I am your host, Frankie Picasso, and it is Mission Unstoppable International Women's Day Edition. So let's talk about education because one of the things um, in today's society that women need to help address is the education of women, of girls, because girls are the most undereducated around the world. And we need to make sure that everybody at least gets a high school diploma so that, you know, they can, they can A, go to work, B, make informed decisions and be able to read and, and know what's going on in the world. Um, has anybody been involved with Girls'
3: education, any of you? I have been involved in education in Russia. Um, for some girls' homes and then some educational programs in Thailand for girls exiting the sex trade. And absolutely, education gives you economic power. And I learned that, Frankie, from my mom. My mom was a Ukrainian, you know, was Ukrainian, came to the United States. She was the product of a single mother. And she, my mom was instrumental in educating both of her girls at private university while my brothers went to states schools wow. and her rationale and she told me this is a very young woman i was maybe eight or nine and she's like you, you know sandra when you grow up and you have a family you will be responsible for your children Now, she didn't know that I would be divorced She didn't know any of this stuff mm-hmm. But she said, you know, the kids stay with the mom And the moms generally don't leave But the men can leave And so she felt very strongly Both my sister and I have our We're the highest educated in our family With master's degrees and and um, Ivy League education Versus my brothers, God bless them Went to state schools Now that wasn't a barometer of our success But my mom felt very strongly Strongly that if the family were to fall apart, the children would be the primary responsibility of the mother. And if the right. mother had economic ability, the family would survive. And she was right.
2: She was right. Absolutely. Nothing like education. And, and in our family, education was the most prized of, you know, events. My mother had, you know, my mother in her 20s had a master's in economics. and And, you know, that would have been from... I don't know. I guess in the forties or something when she did it. I have no idea. Go ahead, Afrat.
5: I I want to echo what Sandra was saying because my my mom is an educator and she kind of my mom and and my dad and kind of the whole family um were uh, have always been very very kind of. Very, very supportive of of my education and of having a profession to fall back on, which is why I went to law school um, whereas even if i wouldn't end up using it that to know that it was always there and it 's a tool um, and I think it's it's a very important thing, especially in today's society, where so much is about image and so much is about. Appearances and so much is about um, status, but in a very kind of superficial way. Mm-hmm. That it's sending the wrong message to girls. Um, and I think it's it's I think we're we're lacking that emphasis on um, on education, especially for girls. And I think the the more the better. Um, and what I enjoy most is meeting with kind of young ladies who are who are kind of in higher education and really kind of talking them through the whole process and teaching them kind of lessons that I had to learn on my own so that it would save them some trouble because I think that that's the foundation it's education well and I think that's what we're
2: taught talk- the whole idea about today is is that we are talking about you know raising up our girls to be women for tomorrow and and not you know, tearing them down, but being there for them and being those leaders that we, we should be and can be for other women, because, you know, I I think it goes back to a lack mentality. When you are afraid to help another woman, you're saying that there's not enough for both of us where, you know, and, and that's not true. I think there's a role for everybody and, you, you know, you will get noticed or recognized because of who you are, not, you know, because you're the only one. Uh, I, I think that that there's something that there's enough for all of us. So it's important uh, to celebrate women's achievement, to help women achieve, to help women
4: get educated. Can, can I say something to? Yes, family? please. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think the, the very important role that women are uh, having is being able to have children. We 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 have that power over men because we can reproduce, and that. The the first thing that we should be celebrated and and feel powerful about, because without without a, a woman body, even with um, technology, you still have to have There's a woman no life. body to, do, to yep. That's true. I don't know life, and and we are able to raise our children up. So I think that is very important role for women to feel proud of and to nurture as well. Not that we. Are able to go out there, earn a living, being independent, being uh, a, you know a, a woman, a person who lead the whole country or the whole uh, company. But we also have the ability to produce, have our children, raise them up, and be a role model. Well, all all of that men cannot have. We we should be very proud and. And I have to emphasize on the ability to be a mother.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Did, did you, I mean, you had boys.
2: If you had had a daughter, <laughs> you had four boys. And, and yeah. you know, would you have raised them differently if you had a girl? Like, what would have changed?
4: Would we have changed if I had a girl? Um, yeah. Well, I, I think because having boys only, that I didn't have as much influence on them, A, if I had a girl, because, uh, you know, boys, they don't really like to go with their mom shopping um, when they're about 14, when they're right. younger, 14. But when they grow up to become 14 in Tunisia, then, of course, they stay apart from you. And if you want to be more masculine by doing something more masculine or, mm. you know, watching movie that's so violent. Last, I think last week I went to a movie with them, the movie called Logan. Yes. Yeah, oh my goodness, so oh, violent. I saw it last they... weekend. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's what they do. That's yeah. what they do. And, oh violent stuff. And But I think all
2: nothing... teenage I think all kids when they get to be adolescent, like teenager, like fifteen, sixteen, they know they don't want their moms around. It's embarrassing to no, have a okay. mother.
4: I see. So it's very similar. But I I, I sometimes I do wonder how my girl going to be, but of course I have no chance and then it, you know, I don't know how. I guess really? You have I do miss that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess, you know, for for men to be a good man, actually, good men out there as well. And for sure that, you know, the world had to have two sexes with our men and with our women. Nothing can go wrong, so it's true. When I was a young
2: girl, um, the National Organization for Women was huge. I mean, I wore their symbol on my jeans, I remember sewing it on my jeans, and it, it was like so cool. Today, you know, what are women doing to ensure that? that equal rights, that women do have equal rights. And, you know, I think that there's a huge difference between equal right and, and um, you know, losing your femininity, because I, I I don't want to be the same as a man. I want to have equal rights Mm -hmm. as a man, but I don't want to be a man. I still want my door open. I still want all the niceties that used to go with being a woman uh, because I am a woman. I'm not a man, but I, I, you know, if I'm doing the same job and I'm smart and I can, accomplished, then yes, we should have equal pay. So what do you you guys are younger, um, a fraud, Sandra. What do you think or what can you do or what can you think that we can all do to make sure that this women's
3: rights or equality goes, you know, continues on so that there is parity? Well, I think it's about setting expectations. You know, whenever I go into a project or a company or whatever it is, I expect to be treated equally. I expect to be paid, you know, equally. I set that expectation with everybody around me, and I've been very outspoken about equality and preserving, you know, femininity and masculinity and preserving those roles that, exist for courtship and dating and relationships, you know, outside of the business community. And yes, some Mm -hmm. of it falls over, but instead of, you know, clamoring for it, I set the bar, I set the expectation. Ifrat, what do you think?
5: I think, yes, it is about, uh, it's about setting expectations and about carrying yourself in a certain way that reinforces that expect those expectations And at the same time, letting the work speak for itself so that you can so that you you change the perceptions that um, that men and other women, women have a view which paves the way for more women to act in this way so they won't have to do this song and dance again.
2: You know, um, yeah. Sandra, Sandra has. We have pictures of Sandra. She's beautiful. She's blonde. Like she said, she's the Barbie. And she's 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 got a drill in her hand, and she can do the same things that men can do because she's a single mom. She's got it. Who else is going to fix those things around the house if she doesn't do it? So she's got to do it. She can do it. And women can take non-traditional, you know, jobs and they can do all kinds of wonderful things, and then they can still stay women. But it's it's important that we that we set that expectation, set that bar. Going forward, that, that people know that we expect to be uh, treated, the, you know, in the workplace, treated the same as far as wage goes um, and, and, well, and Frankie, policies when you go. Say, and...
3: When you say things like, you know, who says we can't be beautiful and brainy? I Right.
0: It. You yeah. know what?
3: I said it. If Rob said it, Frankie said it, Cece said it. And yeah. if enough of it, say it, it becomes so. Right. Yes, yes. But, but actually,
4: I do think that uh, we leave the main chivalry intact. <laughs> they, they there you go. Help I'm going to totally. leave it there, Cece. <laughs> leave their chivalry intact because
2: we are out of time. <laughs> thank you so, so okay. very much. Cece and okay. Sandra Back, Frat Sofer, thank you for joining me today on the special edition, Mission Unstoppable, uh, Be Bold, and for Change. Thank you.
4: Thank, thank you, you.
2: Thank Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Frankie. Thank you. Don't
1: stop. When the chips were down, they didn't stop. Stories of people who, when the odds were against them, turned defeat into victory. You've been listening to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. See you next time, and always remember... Don't,
5: don't, don't, don't stop.
6: It's never heard. Gifts make Gladden girls, but they seem to...